Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. That's right. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Tanner Mangum coming up here momentarily, but I want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Don't take the bus toward the airport parking lot. Diamond Airport Parking offers covered self-parking, covered valet parking, open valet parking, and free 24-7 car-to-curb shuttle service. Diamond Airport Parking since 1922, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park right and save. Diamond Airport Parking. Going to talk to uh, Tanner. We'll talk to him about his thoughts on uh, Kalani's extension as well as Zach Wilson coming back to the lineup against Idaho State. And also he's been doing some work on BYU TV, Gordon, and I believe that's going to continue. But uh, the the television broadcast for this upcoming game against UMass is an absolute mess. Have you been paying attention to this whole thing? No. We'll get Tanner's opinion on it, but uh, in fact, let's uh, do it right now. Let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset, get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you, uh, nearest you. Former Cougar quarterback, current BYU TV analyst, Tanner Mangum with us on the big show. What's up, Tanner? How are you? What's going on, guys? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. So uh, fill us in. I saw you tweet about this. You're going to be uh, on uh, BYU TV for, uh, for the season going forward? Yep, that's correct. Uh, I've been having fun with it. It's been a, a fun little challenge and uh, fortunate to be able to get invited back to the next couple of weeks. So even though the road games will be in the studio doing our pregame and postgame shows, and, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good good experience so far. I'm enjoying it. Now, on that side of things, I'm not sure if you're in, uh, you know, you're on the inside of these decisions, obviously. But I uh, read this from a release from BYU that the team or that the game is going to be broadcast on something called Flow Sports. And I guess. Oh, you have yeah. to, it, so what's the deal with that? It's, it's a mess is what it is. I have no clue what it is. I mean, honestly, if I weren't working the game as, as an analyst, I don't think I would watch it. I mean, I, I know it's like $20 to get some kind of subscription. And so I think I think a lot of BYU fans are going to be missing out on this week's game, just to, just to be honest. But, I mean, a good thing is UMass, and it's not some some big game or whatever, but uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird deal. So it's, it's something uh, that I, I really don't know much about. So how does that work, Tanner? They can tune in to uh, the, the what BYU TV to watch the pregame, and then then they either miss the game or go through all these hoops to try and watch it, and then they can watch uh, your wrap up of the game afterward. Yeah, exactly. That, that's pretty much how how it's going to go down. Um, but I know also the um, the game will be broadcast on the radio on on. Um, BYU radio, and so I, I, you might have to go a little bit old school and just listen to the game via that way. But yeah, I, I think you have to jump through a lot of hoops to make sure that you have the subscription to be able to watch it. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll provide some some great pregame analysis though, and then we'll, we'll provide a great wrap up show as well. But um, unfortunately, going to be tough tough to tune in for a lot of Cougar fans. Tanner, it took a minute, but BYU comes around and gives Kalani Satake an extension through the year 2023. Your thoughts? Well, I think if you watch the video of the team in the locker room afterwards, that, that's all you need to know about how the team feels about that extension. That, that, that gives you all the, the evidence as to how they feel and, and, and their, their thoughts towards Kalani. And I, I think it's the right move. 
I think there's a lot of tough things that Kalani has to deal with being a part of the, the BYU program as a whole it's, and, and, and any uh, maybe shortcomings of the program don't necessarily entirely reflect on Kalani. He's, he's done a great job with what he's been dealt. He's facing some tough schedules. And I think if you bring in a new guy or a, a new coach, it's, it's going to be tough to, to start fresh and, and do something different. And so I think you, you keep going, you keep rolling with where you're, where you're at, keep the continuity, keep the consistency. And now I just hope that the program and the administration and, and the, the program as a whole can give Kalani the help that he needs. Just like when you sign good players, then now you have to have a good game plan of how you're going to use them and how you're going to help them be successful. I think it's the same thing with Kalani. You sign him, right move, but now how do you help him be successful? What position do you put him in? What help, what resources can you give him to, uh, to maximize his extension? So, Tanner, what do you think uh, those steps are? Now that they've made this step with yeah. Kalani, what, what, if, you were, if you were made emperor for the day or for the month or for the week or for the year, uh, what, what would you do? Well, I've, I've I've been pretty vocal about it. I've I've uh, even even as recent as today tweeted out some things that can that can be changed, and a lot of it has to do with the budget and the monetary focus that the program is giving Kalani. And it starts with recruiting, and the, the budget that they give Kalani and the coaches to go out and recruit, and then the the budget for nutrition and fuel and food, and um, budget for the salaries for the head coach and for the support staff. And for the academic staff, or for um, for the assistant coaches, for just for for everything as a whole, to be able to get the best talent in that program possible, it takes money. And top top power five programs are doing it, but BYU's not, and they're falling behind. And when you're playing these types of schedules, you need all the help you can get to get your team uh, prepared to play them. And then another thing that can they can change is helping the football program have more access to the facilities. I think it's it's silly to think that football players can't go and work out and train in their IPF or weight room whenever they want or watch film whenever they want. It's it's monitored and it's you know top power five programs don't do that, but BYU does, and so I think that that's another thing that can be changed. So what? So they can't go in and practice when they want to because a facility is being used by other folks. Correct. The IPF. Uh, is shared by the university, the indoor practice facility, and obviously in the summer months it's not as big of a deal. But during the winter, you know, and, and during the season in the colder months, it's shared. The, the, the football team only has it for a couple hours, and the, the other parts of the day it's used by classes, like soccer classes or golf classes or intramurals, um, intramural soccer and, and things of that nature. And so, yeah, there have been times where I was there trying to go in and get some extra work from receivers but got kicked out. And um, you know, a lot of players uh, still deal with it. It's it's still a problem, and it's uh, it's frustrating. And 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 in years past, um, you know, I remember Max Hall, Austin Colley. They would go in late at night. They got the code to go in late at night, but they they nixed that. I tried doing that, and they, they did not let that fly. And so it's tough. You know, it's, it's just one small example. Obviously, I'm not saying uh, the whole program would change if um, you know guys could go in and use the IPF more often, but it's, it's a small step that could go a long ways is showing the commitment and the investment that the program is giving to the team. I'm trying to picture Nick Saban uh, getting his players getting kicked out of the indoor <laughs> practice facility yeah, because, can you imagine of, uh, because of or Kevin Lawrence, soccer. You know, going to their IPF, getting kicked out by 
an intramural soccer team, but that, you know, that's just, that's how it is, and it, it's, it's it's unfortunate. But I, I think these are things that that the program can change. And, you know, as far as okay, if you're BYU, you're saying we want BYU to be a Power Five like team. We want them to go to the New Year to a New Year Six game. We want them to be one of the best teams in the country. Well, then you got to back it up. You can't give them a, a Mountain West budget, but then expect them to go play these really tough teams. I mean, look at the schedule next year; it's rough. And so you, you got to be able to help your team out. You can't uh, hamstring them and then and then get, and then be disappointed when the record is 500 or seven and you know seven and six. You know you can't expect these amazing results with um, with with you know little with, with the investment that, that they're giving. Tanner Mangum with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Tanner, what did you think about Zach Wilson's return? I thought it was all right. You know, it's, it's a lot of people don't really appreciate how hard it is to, to take that much time off and then to come back in and to, to pick up right back up where he left off is tough. You know, you could tell he was just a little bit rusty. And, and I think the team as a whole wasn't, wasn't as sharp as they should have been, especially against an FCS opponent in Idaho State. Obviously, they got the win. It was It was... It was, you know, a dominant victory overall, but it wasn't as clean. It wasn't as sharp as, as they could have been. And Zach made some good throws. He had some some good plays, made some plays with his feet, showed what he's capable of. But I think, you know, these next two games, or sorry, you know, the next game coming up with UMass, so Idaho State and UMass, are good good for them to get, get their rhythm going and to kind of get their chemistry back with the receivers. You know, playing with, playing with a different quarterback, receivers have to adjust a little bit. Especially with Zach, who keeps plays going, he he waits a little bit. He you know which which can hurt at times if he doesn't get the ball out quickly. But oftentimes it can allow guys to get open downfield. Um, so they have to stay ready. They got to stay running and stay alert and be ready for for anything when he's in the game. And so I think you know that game and then this week coming up will be good for them to in a way tune up to tune up their game, get things figured out, and hopefully finish strong against uh, San Diego State in the bowl game. So, Tanner, uh, how do the players react to playing teams like UMass? I mean, I know everybody wants to win, and it's it's fun to win, but uh, against this kind of opponent, how do you get yourself fired? I think it just comes down to uh, a competitive fire that you have to have within you. Obviously, it's you know it's pretty much a given. You're, you're going to win. You're going to dominate. But how sharp can you be? How focused can you be? How much concentration and discipline can you have? That was lacking in Idaho State. A lot of you know, false starts, backfield penalties, uh, offensive line wasn't as sharp as they as they should have been. And so I, you know, the the coaches and the players, I don't, you know, they're not going to care who they're playing. They want to be sharp. And I, I know today, especially in, in Mondays, when you recover, when you go over the film and you review what worked and what you can improve on, I know the coaches for sure are getting on that team on the offense about about false starts. That all just comes down to discipline and concentration, and so that's going to be a big focus for them this week. And I and I hope that they can learn from those mistakes. And obviously, they're playing a very mediocre opponent in UMass. That will then show how good you are. You know, show show the difference between you between you as a team. Show what you're capable of and dominate and play cleanly and execute cleanly, like like you know you're capable capable of. Tanner, after the uh, South Florida game, Kalani, and, and he admitted to this to a certain extent, uh, adjusted some roles on the coaching staff offensively, maybe a little more influence uh, coming from the passing game coordinator, Aaron Roderick, and the offense has certainly looked different for the last month. Talk about what those differences are and what you're seeing out there. 
Well, you know, credit goes to Kalani for for recognizing the need to change, the need to make adjustments. Um, you know, and he, he he did something similar last year, halfway when halfway through the year when when I got benched and they brought in Zach, they they made adjustments, they made changes, and so you know, credit to Kalani for being willing to 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 change and being willing to make those adaptations to the offense. But then this year, you know, you have to give credit to to Grimes, who in a way had you know had a way humble himself to allow Coach Roderick and Coach Fessy Sadake to to step in and make it more of a collaborative effort. You know, the, the offense it has taken a while to kind of find its groove, and you know, especially against teams like Boise State, Utah State rivals, you know, that's 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 where you know last year those were tough games for BYU. But then this year they were able to, to make those adjustments, make those changes, and and I think it's it's good for Coach Roderick, it's good for Sessi Sitake because they have very creative minds when it comes to the passing game. They want to loosen it up, they want to open it up, they want to play aggressive and attack, and 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 then Coach Grimes has given them that uh, that uh, that opportunity, and he's also you know put his um, you know made made his own adjustments, and so it's you know it's, it's about time. Because I think if you look at what BYU does well, it, it, it happens when they play fast, when they go no huddle, when they throw the ball downfield, when they keep things, when they keep defenses on their toes. You know, they're not going to be a you know a dominant power team. That's just not BYU's identity. They don't have to play make the, the the personnel to run that type of style. And so it's good that they they recognized it. They finally made those changes to just play more free. You know, you know kind of keep it more simple. Just just. Uh, go up tempo and and let let the playmakers go and do their things. So it's good to see the adjustments that they've made. Tanner, uh, Micah Simon has been getting the ball more. Explain something to Jake and me that uh, I don't think either one of us really understands. Why doesn't Matt Bushman get targeted more often? You know, that's a great question I ask every week. It's almost like, okay, what's it going to be? Is it going to be, um, the you know, a Bushman show, or is it going to be a, a no no show? You know, like you look at um, against Liberty, almost had a hundred yards. Um, you know, it w- was targeted more often. But then you look at the game against Utah State, and then on Saturday against Idaho State, you know, it's hardly anything at all. And and I, you have to look at the defensive schemes. Every defense plays him a little bit differently, but they all know that he's a weapon. And with the tight end, you can you can double a tight end. Uh, almost, you know, almost at will because you can have a linebacker on him at you know, the, the first level and then a safety on him at the second level. And and that makes it really tough for a tight end to get open. You see it at the NFL level when, when teams play top tight ends, you know, they, they, they try to take him out of the game plan and force you to, to throw, it, throw it elsewhere. And that's what the defenses have done against BYU. They try to take away Bushman and let you, you know, they, they force you to, to use your other playmakers to, to beat you. Which, in this case, Micah Simon has been one of those players who has stepped up, who has gotten more targets, he's gotten more looks, and he's taken advantage of it. But uh, that, that, that doesn't take away from the fact that Bushman is still really good, he's really talented. He just hasn't quite gotten the, uh, the amount of looks that he would like to, to, to get, and quite frankly, that the offense would like him to get. Um, I think that they, would, what they, want him to get, they want him to be more involved, but you have to take what the defense gives you. Tanner, as always, thank you very much, and we'll catch your pre- and post-game on BYU TV this weekend. Okay. Sounds good, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Tanner.
Tanner Mangum. And just a little update on that, by the way, uh, Gordon, we talked to uh, Tanner a little bit about it. It's, the game's going to be broadcast by Flow Sports, and I'll explain in a second just what that's going to cost you to get. But <laughs> but how about this note from the release? Uh, this is what BYU said. He said They said, uh, as the home team, UMass owns the television rights to the game, which were granted to Flow Sports and NESN for the 2019 season. Despite numerous attempts, Flow Sports was unwilling to permit uh, BYU the opportunity to purchase the broadcast rights to distribute the game on BYU TV. In fact, they said no. Gordon, because they think that they can get more money shaken down BYU fans for you can get a, a subscription online for either a monthly fee of twenty nine ninety nine or the whole year for one hundred and fifty bucks. Wait, a monthly fee is twenty nine bucks? Yeah, there's no one off deal or one day or one game or anything like that. You have to subscribe to the monthly service. So if you're a BYU fan, you're going to have to to shell out thirty bucks. And basically, what this flow football said is, we uh, we're not going to take your money, BYU TV, because we think we can shake more out of your fan. <laughs> so I I would never encourage this. Let me make that clear. Mm-hmm. Let me make that perfectly clear. Is there any way to pirate this thing? I don't know. You're going to have to speak to someone a little more technically. Uh, capable than myself but i, I, mean, I take I, it that I that means you're not going to shell out the 30 bucks uh, i'm not i'm not encouraging that i'm just saying are you asking this for your 29 own? bucks for a month to see byu take on the mighty minutemen of umass i wonder how byu fans will react to that i get it if they were playing an sec team they're playing the worst team in the country mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to pay 30 bucks for the pleasure of and if you remember the NESN uh, broadcasters from last year, oh, I, I the broadcast remember. was. I was just about to rough. ask what Eagle Scout project is putting on the broadcast. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you can pay thirty dollars for a high school broadcast. So mm. there's that. Do you, is there anything BYU can do moving forward when they find themselves in a situation like this to say, hey, if you don't, if you don't give us an opportunity for us to show this to our fans? Which we'll pay for if they don't, then just say, bag it. The Cougars aren't coming. I guess they could do that. I don't know. You can tell they're not happy about it, though, by by this release. Well, can't you find some other crappy team to play? You probably could. All right, joining us now in studio, he is our friend Mike from Any Hour Services, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air. And uh, let's talk about uh, efficiency, Mike, and how that uh, kind of affects the price we pay. Sure. Well, I mean, usually... The more efficient something is, you're going to pay a little bit more for it up front. But that that then says, is it going to be worth it in the long run? And so, talking about HVAC equipment, let's just I'll do some quick math and like give you a little example. Let's say that your last system lasted 15 years. I think it's reasonable to expect your new system to last at least that long. So, if you're looking at the difference between a basic standard efficiency system uh, versus a high efficiency system. If the difference in cost was, say, $4,000 up front, um, if you calculate how much that system is going to save you, if it's saving you $400 a year in energy cost, all of a sudden you're looking at like, okay, well, it cost me $4,000 up front, but over the 15 years it's going to cost me $6,000 more to operate the standard efficient system. So you're looking at like, okay, well, do I spend a total of 
you know, 6,000 more for the energy or do I save that extra 2,000? And I get that a lot of people aren't necessarily in the situation where they can make that decision because a lot of people aren't saving the money up to like replace the system. But that it comes back to that you've got to have somebody that has the heart of a teacher and is coming out there with your best interests in mind and is going to explain how that stuff is calculated and give you the information so you can make the decision. What if some of us aren't Gordon Monson and don't necessarily have the money right up front. Well, I think most of us aren't Gordon Monson. True. And, Fact. <laughs> you know, it's uh, a good thing. As, as much as, yes, the world is better. Um, <laughs> it, it's Here's the thing. Like most you didn't people, have to sledgehammer it like that, Mike. But that's well, okay. that, that's for the fat jokes earlier. Oh, yeah, um, okay. <laughs> Guilty as charged. Does your wife love you, Mike? You're awful fat. That's not what I said. Basically what you said. Is that what I said? Yeah, basically what you said. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I, I got over it though. Okay. Like I'm, I'm not still harboring resentment. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> so if you if you don't have the money up front, most of us don't. And uh, you know we've actually uh, we actually work with some third party finance companies that specialize in loaning money to homeowners for these specific type of purchases. And if you've been listening tonight, you know that we've actually got a deal going on right now for 60 months, zero interest financing. And so you're not only are you using someone else's money, but they're not charging you to do it. And so it's a really, uh, it's a really good option. But here's the thing. If, if your system is running right now, you don't have to worry about that. And you, if, if you wanted to, you could start saving a little bit here and there knowing that someday this system is going to break down. So when it does, you can either act surprised and be like, oh, I didn't know about it, or you can start doing a little bit of planning. Now, tonight's deal is great. You mentioned the 0%, but there's also a little warranty in there. There is. You know, when you uh, purchase a system, the standard warranty that you get is one-year labor from the person installing it, and then uh, maybe a 10-year limited parts from the manufacturer. And just like a car, if you were going to get an extended warranty, that would cost you money. We're paying for that extended warranty. You're going to get 10 years extended parts and labor warranty on the system so that if anything happens, you're not having to worry about it. Now, the visit to meet with one of our supervisors is absolutely free. It's a free estimate. And the reason you want to call tonight, though, is we're actually going to give you dinner and movie tickets after you're done meeting with them just to say thanks for your time, whether you buy anything or not. All right. No obligation to buy. The visit is free. If you decide to get a new furnace or AC, you're going to get a free 10-year parts and labor warranty and 0% interest for 60 months. Plus, if you call before the end of the show uh, to schedule, you're going to get dinner and movie tickets just to say thank you for your time, whether you buy anything or not. Give them a call. 801-443-7400. That's 801-443-7400. Any hour services. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. All right. We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can spend smarter at getdivi.com. Uh, Gordon, a writer that you and I both like, Brett McMurphy, has uh, come out with some projections uh, for the college football playoff in the New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl. Okay. You know where he has uh, the Utes? Well, if it's the same as Jerry Palm, he has them in the Alamo Bowl. 
Wow, Jerry Palm has him in the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. How about that? Because Brett has him in the Peach Bowl in the college football playoff against uh, against LSU. So he must think they're better than Oregon, and he must think some of these other things are, that are going that have to happen in order for that to occur will indeed happen. Well, he has – okay, so he has LSU as the college football playoff number one seed, so that would mean they would have beat Georgia yeah. in the SEC title game. He has Ohio State in the two slot, Clemson in the three. And I don't – I mean, Ohio State still has um, – Michigan in, uh, Michigan left on their schedule, and in theory they have Minnesota out of the other division, but I believe that could also be Wisconsin. Either way, I expect Ohio State to win. And then Clemson has the easiest road out of them all. Yeah. In fact, my, my Virginia Tech Hokies might salvage a division crown and uh, take on Clemson. And, and let me tell you, Virginia Tech's played better, but they'd get decimated by so Clemson. So he thinks, he thinks Alabama and Oklahoma are going to fall off on that. Uh, let's see here. He's got Oklahoma v. Georgia in the Sugar Bowl, and he's got Alabama against Miami in the Orange Bowl. Wisconsin v. Oregon in the Rose Bowl, and Florida versus Memphis in the Cotton Bowl. Okay. I mean, if, if he thinks that's the way it's going to go, I don't have enough faith in that selection committee to think that's going to be the way it goes. The tricky one is going to be if Alabama beats Auburn. Because then if LSU beats Georgia, do you still include Alabama because they have one loss? Right. And you you are conflicted on whether or not to punish them for not having Tua. Which, and I think Scott Gerard hits hits this out of the park, and he's talking about uh, the college basketball selection committee, so uh-huh. maybe there's a little bit different mandate, but how they're absolutely encouraged to take injury into consideration when seeding. Now, that's a lot easier when you're seeding that many teams as opposed to four, right? Yeah. Because it wouldn't seem real fair, fair just because they happen to suffer an injury. You punish them in the in the eyes of the committee. That doesn't seem real fair. But at the same time, maybe you have a better matchup or a team that's more capable of winning it all because they don't have that injury. So where uh, – I mean, that's that's a that's a ticklish one that you would prefer that Alabama just lose to Auburn and then it it's just not a, a worry. And that game, if I remember correctly, is at Auburn, is it not? Uh, I'll double check, but I think you're right. It's it, it's such a crapshoot, and that's why these predictions are it hard. It is at Auburn. You're right. Yeah, it, it's hard to guess what the committee is going to do. Uh, unless you go and interview each member of that committee, you don't really know. Uh, so I guess we're going to find that out. I think the Utes are terrific. I think this team is really, really good. I think it's good enough to beat Oregon. But I, if I had to guess right now and I had to put money on it, I, I would predict that the Utes will end up like fifth. And so would, in this case, one, beat one Oregon. Short. This In this case, beat Oregon. And what do you think is more likely? They get leapfrogged by Oklahoma or that the two SEC teams get in? Uh, either one. Well, that's why I say which is more likely. Mm, I don't trust either scenario. I could see Oklahoma leapfrogging them. And obviously, if they do that, then they what? They beat Baylor again. Uh, so here's what Oklahoma has left on their schedule: they have to play TCU at home this Saturday, and then uh, at Oklahoma State the week following. And they could easily lose either of those games. By the way, maybe TCU is not quite as good as Oklahoma State, and that game's on the road, so maybe that game's more likely. And then likely a showdown with Baylor, another showdown with Baylor. Granted, you know, assuming Baylor doesn't lose again. Uh huh. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, obviously, nobody knows. Everyone's guessing and trying to figure out because uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I mean, there are there are reasons if you see uh, these upsets happening and the and the teams that are around the Utes getting knocked off. But everything, if everything else is equal, I just don't have enough faith in that committee to think they'll do the right thing and put Utah in there. I I, I think when you're talking about teams like Alabama and Oklahoma. I, I just <laughs> it's hard for me to come around to believe in that the committee is going to pick the Utes out of the Pac-12. They will have the best because if, let's say Oklahoma plays Baylor again um, in the Big 12 championship, uh, the or- Oregon Utah will both be in theory higher ranked teams at the time, so they will be coming off the better win. So that would lead me to believe it's less likely Oklahoma jumps them. I think it's the I think it's the two SEC teams you got to worry about. Here's the problem with what Utah is facing, or part of the problem anyway. If they win out, and let's say they go up against Oregon, uh, okay, if they squeak by them, then will they be labeled as being uh, kind of lucky? And who do they really play? All that. But if they crush Oregon, then people in the committee can say, well, Oregon's really not that good. This is the catch twenty two we talked to Josh Parcell about last yeah, week. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oregon Oregon lost to, to Auburn, and that doesn't help. And I remember all the way back when that game was coming up and we were talking about before it happened, you said that, Jake. You said this is really an important game for Oregon for perception purposes. And now here we are. Yeah. So, I don't know. All, all I the eye test tells me that the Utes uh, are right there. But well, I, I just don't believe in in these people. So I don't believe in their judgments. The hard part is going to be: do they weigh losses or weigh big wins? Right. Because if you're Utah, you actually hope they weigh losses. Because USC isn't a terrible loss. Like Georgia losing to South Carolina is way worse than Utah losing to SC. I'd say Oklahoma losing to Kansas State is somewhere in the neighborhood. What about Alabama's equal. loss? Alabama's lost. See, that's the thing. Alabama's lost to LSU. That's a good loss. That, that, that's as, that's as, probably as good a loss as you can have. But the Alabama, and it was a close game. But Alabama's in the same boat Utah is, where they don't really have any big wins to point to. Yeah. Now, if Utah were to beat Oregon, that would be a really big win, which Alabama isn't going to necessarily get the opportunity to do. So does the nature of the win matter? Oh, man. See, that's, that's the hard part because there is that catch-22. If you blow them out... Were you really that good, or was Oregon really that bad, or vice versa, of course? Well, or if it was a close game, is it perceived as two incredible teams? Yeah. Much like Alabama-LSU was perceived, like, mm-hmm. oh, man, it's too bad somebody yeah. had to lose that because they were both awesome. It, it, these things that are coming into play should not. These things that don't matter are coming into play in a major way, and I hate it. I hate it. What difference does it make whether Utah beats UCLA by 46 points or beats them by 25? Because UCLA stinks, uh, yeah, and you want to be perceived as 40 points that. better I, than I them. I understand, what, but it, it shouldn't matter in the mind of a football coach or a football team. Oh, man, we got to bury this team in order to impress people. Unfortunately, is, that's the world we live winning. in. It's not, though. <laughs> it should be. No, it should not. It should be. It should not. Yeah. They should measure good wins. They should measure bad losses. No, they have to. They should eliminate this the whole sham and just include all the conference champions. And then you and I would be talking right now that, okay, if the Utes win out and they beat Oregon, then they're in. And there's none of this measuring good and bad losses. or. <laughs> but why should they be in over Oklahoma? 
Well, if Oklahoma's a conference champion, all the conference champions should be in, which is my point. But which is it, changing the rules. I get it. I know it. But I just can't look at it in any other way. But in this case— It is absolutely flawed. You can't tell me if the Utes win out, they don't deserve to have a say in what happens from that point but forward. But maybe another team deserves it more. Based on— the stuff we're talking about. Subjective, you, stupid stuff. But, Gordon, you have to filter it somehow. There's more than one one-loss team vying for this this spot. It's you've one all, spot. See, Jake, your problem is you've always liked these things. You like polls. You think polls are fun. I like the debate. i got to admit. You know, why, why even mess with a debate? Get rid of the debate and, and finish it on the field. Yeah, I like polls. Join Hanson, Scotty, but coming up. Polls are fun. On Friday from <laughs> noon to 3. As Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic will be live in studio to discuss an FDA-approved breakthrough and permanent solution for ED with no pills, surgery, or needles. I know. I'm swinging at clouds here. I, I get it. I know. Swinging at clouds? Is that a thing? I don't know. It is now. Huh. What, 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 Have what, you heard that before? What, what, yelling what, am I, at clouds? Am I spitting in the wind? What am I, what am I doing then? We'll have more coming up I'm next. I'm complaining about something that won't be changed. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Travis. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz game night pregame show coming up right around the corner. Coach Chiesa in with me tonight for pre-half and post. Andrew Wiggins playing a lot better this year, Gordon. He's expected to play tonight. He's missed the past couple of games with a personal reason, and I have not seen officially if he's going to suit up, but that's the expectation. But, uh, you know, if he and Carl Anthony Towns can turn into a powerful duo, uh, the T-Wolves can be dangerous. Yeah, I brought this up with Chris Mannix earlier, and he mistook what I was saying, uh, that uh, it is Minnesota that has two players who are averaging 25-plus points a game in those two, Wiggins and Cat. So that that's quite an accomplishment. That doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't. And I think we've um, we've kind of all been waiting for Andrew Wiggins to take that next step. He's been a good player in the league, but you know you're taking number one overall. Remember he was traded for Kevin Love, yeah, and uh, and Cleveland went on to get a championship. I mean there was a lot of expectations surrounding him. You know uh, the whole Jimmy Butler situation did not cast him in the best of light. And uh, now it, it looks as if he's he's kind of improved, and and we'll get a chance to see that tonight uh, with the with the game against the Jazz. Yeah, and uh, the Jazz are aware of what this is. Really, I, I think the Jazz are concerned with themselves right now. Uh, that, that's really they need to correct a few things and get uh, get that thing running on all cylinders. Because right now it just doesn't. Even when they win, it doesn't look like they're all there yet. And maybe that's uh, that's a ridiculous expectation to think that eleven games in or twelve games in that they would all be there, given the moving parts that they've had to this. But it does give jazz fans and jazz players and jazz coaches, I think, something to look forward to. That. What happens when they are playing the way they're capable? That's a lot to look forward to. Just a quick update, because this came out um, less than 10 minutes ago from Timberwolves PR. Uh, after all this talk of Andrew Wiggins, he is not going to he's play not. tonight. No, he's uh, officially listed as out. So it'll be the Carl Anthony Towns show for the Timberwolves tonight uh, going up against the Jazz. And uh, when Rudy and, and Kat get together, Gordon, it's often a, a really fun matchup. Well, that's the age-old question that you and I go back and forth on would jazz fans rather see the Timberwolves at full strength 
and and have the Jazz face that challenge, or are they looking for whatever advantage they they their team that they root for can find? Because that's what you're getting tonight. That's a big loss for this team. It is a big loss. I'd, I'd actually was uh, really looking forward to seeing Andrew Wiggins. Maybe we'll see him on Wednesday night uh, when the Jazz play uh, in Minnesota. But uh, tonight they're going to have to do it without him. Yeah. Uh, Gordo, thank you uh, very much. Uh, good show for you. I know you're sticking around uh, covering the game. Going to do a little column for the Salt Lake Tribune. So uh, enjoy the game tonight. I'll likely see you downstairs. Uh, now, here's my question. Is Gordy going to rough you up? How so? I don't know. I like don't know physically? What, I, don't, I no, should hope not. No, mentally. Well, that happens every time he, he joins us. So. <laughs> I just yeah, wonder, you can expect that. I just wonder if he's going to baffle you with uh, some bit of wisdom that you have no clue about. Odds are, yes, that is that is to come. And well, I will try stay, to... Stay tuned for that. I will try to absorb it <laughs> as best I can All to right. remember it going forward. Thank you, Gordo. We'll see you, we'll see you tomorrow, buddy. All right, joining us now in studio, our friend Mike from Any Hour Services, Electrical Plumbing, Heating and Air. And Mike, you talked about the true cost and how much energy a system uses. How do you know how much energy a system... How do you know that data? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a calculation. The the manufacturers like know how much uh, fuel their systems burn, and there there are third party websites that actually have all of those equations uh, built out, so that you don't have to know all the math. And really, the only things that you need to know are like what your gas rate is, the electricity rate, how many cooling days there are during the years, and how many uh, you know heating degree days. And and the cooling days and the heating degree days, those are somewhat of a guess, uh, not a guess, but like there are averages that you can look up historically. And so if you know that information, but the the thing is, is a lot of technicians aren't taught how to calculate this particular thing because it's just it's a little bit out of the norm of the way of that we think about purchasing something. Like I said earlier, we usually think of like, well, what's what's the price? Not necessarily looking at the the total cost, but when you sit down and you look at the numbers, it all makes logical sense. And then all you have to do is take that information and make the decision that's right for you. Are there any other costs out there associating with uh, operating these systems? Well, yeah, I mean, you've, as a system gets older you do end up with repair costs and nationally the average is about they say 250 bucks a year when you look at the maintenance and the and the uh, repair costs now when it's new obviously those repair costs aren't going to be up front because it's still running like new so as it gets a little bit older that's when you start having those repairs and they just uh, divide it over the life of the system so unless you purchase some kind of extended warranty for the system, usually what you're going to get is uh, a one-year parts and labor warranty from the uh, company installing it, and then on top of that, manufacturers have a limited parts warranty well, that, where they will cover some of the larger uh, items, like the circuit board or the motor. Um, but as we mentioned earlier, one of the things that we're offering is we've got, we're actually paying the cost for a an extended warranty that we're attaching to your system, so you're getting 10 years of worry-free operation regardless of what happens to this thing. And that's just part of tonight's deal. This is a great deal going for our listeners. Yep, because if you know that you're in the market for it, a lot of us don't have the money saved up front for this, and so uh, having a finance option is a real option for uh, people that they want to take advantage of. Most of our systems are financed, and right now through the holidays, we actually have 60 months zero interest financing, which is like borrowing free money to have this system upgraded in your home. Now, um, 
that that promotion is running through the end of the year. But the reason you want to call tonight is for Zone listeners, we're actually going to notate your account, and after you meet with our guys, and this is a free estimate that you're getting from one of our supervisors, after you meet with them, they're actually going to give you dinner and movie tickets just to say thanks for your time, whether you buy anything or not. Awesome. Get on that schedule. No obligation to buy. The visit is free, but if you decide to get a new furnace or air conditioner, you're going to get a free 10-year parts and labor warranty and 0% interest for 60 months. <coughs> Excuse me, Mike. Plus, if you call before the end of the show to schedule, you're going to get dinner and movie tickets just to say thank you for your time, whether you buy anything or not. 801-443-7400. 801-443-7400. And, Mike, you're sticking around for the pregame show. Yep. I like it. I'll be here. All right. Pregame kicks off next here on the Zone Radio Network. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be here saying goodnight. I hate goodbyes. This thing is over! That'll do it, baby.